Welcome to the Bagwell Center podcast. This podcast features lectures and symposia hosted by the Bagwell Center for the Study of Markets and Economic Opportunity at Kennesaw State University. The Bagwell Center's mission is to provide a platform for an interdisciplinary study of the importance of markets and economic institutions in regard to resource allocation, entrepreneurial activity, economic prosperity, and improved human welfare. Through extracurricular outreach activities such as guest lectures, film screenings, workshops, fellowships, and reading groups, the Bagwell Center places an emphasis on educating students about the foundations of market institutions and examining the related impact of government policy in a mixed economy. For more information about the Bagwell Center and its programs, please visit coles.kennesaw.edu slash econop. Okay, as I mentioned, or as, as uh, to mention, this is about time use and it's about the effect of the Affordable Care Act on time use. And the reason why my particular subject is interesting is because I'm interested primarily in the efficiency of the labor market. So an efficient labor market is one that connects people with certain skills and tastes with jobs that need those skills and tastes. So ideally you'd be able to get a job that suits you and that pays you the most because you have the skills that job requires. The problem is that most people get their insurance in the United States through their job. And that provides what's called a friction in the labor market. It stops people from moving from a job where they're okay or moderately productive to another job where they might be more productive because they don't want to lose their health insurance. So even after Obamacare, that's still somewhat of an issue, but Obamacare was intended to make that issue a little bit less salient. So I'm looking at that topic using the dependent coverage mandate. So the dependent coverage mandate of the Affordable Care Act basically says that if your parents have you on their health insurance, or at least if they offer health insurance for dependents, they have to keep offering it until you're 26. Not through your 26th year, but until you're 26. I bet that a lot of you know that in this audience. If you're a student, you're fully aware that you can stay on your parents' insurance until uh, you're 26. So we wanted to look at what's the effect of that on people staying in jobs they don't really like just to get the health insurance. So there are a few things. So it's up to 26. The DCM, the Dependent Coverage Mandate, went into effect fairly early. It went into effect September uh, 23, 2010, about six months after the law was passed. But it really went into effect before that, because as soon as the law was passed, most insurance companies started to offer that to their insured population. So it went into effect fairly early. So the Federal, Federal, Registered, uh, Federal Register, which is where they publish new laws and the goals of the laws, said that the purpose of the dependent coverage mandate was to provide more timely access to high quality care. In other words, you'll have to spend less time ideally getting care. That was one aspect of it. And the second aspect is it should increase job mobility or allow for greater job mobility. The idea being that you won't have to stay in a particular job to get health insurance. You can leave that job and still get health insurance, moderately priced, comprehensive health insurance. So not only does it let you leave your job, it also lets you move to jobs that either don't offer health insurance or offer poor quality health insurance, because not all health insurance is the same. Uh, for example, at a given school, the health insurance may fully cover your child's cancer. At another school, the health insurance will not cover that cancer. So if you move to that next school and that next job, then they don't cover the cancer, well, you know, you're not going to leave your current job. 
So the reluctance to leave one's job because of the fear of losing your health insurance is called job lock. Now technically no one is locking you into your job. It's merely that you're going to face much higher costs of health insurance if you leave that job. So in a sense you feel you're locked into that job. Now there's another term that if you get a job just to get health insurance, it's actually called job push. That you're being pushed into work even though you don't really want to work because you need the health insurance. So my questions are, um, I, I should mention, so I'm terrible about this. I did this with Double Dave, my co-author. Uh, and so, uh, you know, we do this, we do a number of papers together and this is one of them. So I don't want to say me like I did this. Has the ACA achieved these goals? If so, and if they have, if the ACA has allowed uh, young adults not to work as a result of not needing health insurance, what have they done with the extra time? So has the extra time been used productively, unproductively? What, is, what has been done with it? And finally, are they better off as a result of being allowed to keep insurance on their parents' plan? So the dependent coverage mandate, here's our hypotheses, that it would re reduce the amount of time that people work. Because people who are working full-time just to get health insurance will now be able to work part-time or go to school knowing they're insured, insured under their parents' plan. Um, therefore, we expect certain activities which are very time-intensive to increase. For, a particular, for example, job search. Job search, I don't know how close many of you are to graduation, but you'll find it's a very time-intensive activity. You send out a thousand resumes and maybe you get one response. It's a very time-consuming activity. And also education is very time intensive. You can't really get a full education just at five minutes at the end of the day. And you can't really do it if you are, have another major activity. Now we're also interested in other uses of time. For example, shopping. Shopping is time intensive. Assuming you don't do it, get everything on Amazon, you might go to the store and take a look at the products and try them on. So, but the effect on shopping is ambiguous. You'll have more time to shop but you'll have less money to shop. So which will dominate? Will you spend more time because you have more time or will you spend less time because you have no money? Uh, now, the effect of spending more time or having health insurance on medical care is also unclear. Uh, having health insurance allows you to have a regular source of care. So if you don't have health insurance in the United States, then we know, well, I'm not going to ask the question, it's a rhetorical question, where do you go to get your health care? You go to the emergency room, and at least in New York City, if you go to the emergency room, that's about an eight hour to a 12 hour experience. They don't rush you in, there's no one waiting for you. You just wait there among the very varied population of New York City. So it's a very time intensive process. On the other hand, if you have a regular source of care like a, a physician that you go to, you just go to that doctor and that will be a much more uh, economical use of your time. The problem is that, so you'll, do, you'll go to the emergency room more because that's covered, but you'll go to your regular doctor even more because that's covered. So be, we expect that because you can now go to your regular doctor instead of the emergency room, you will spend less time overall getting medical care. Because as I mentioned, the regular care uh, is generally more efficient in its use of time than the emergency room, which can be quite uh, time-consuming. Okay, so prior research found that the Affordable Care Act, DCM, raised insurance coverage among people that are benefiting from the law by about five percentage points. 
And that can vary depending on how you measure it, but it's roughly five percentage points. Um, the actual work time decreased by about 10 minutes, according to Antwi, Maria, and Simon. And it caused people to switch from going to unscheduled medical care to scheduled medical care. In other words, unscheduled meaning the emergency room, scheduled meaning your regular doctor. Most people would consider that a much improved experience. So our contribution is to measure, is to use a data set that measures time use quite accurately. It's called the American Time Use Survey. It's part of the current population survey. So it has estimates on the time use of many different activities. Uh, we're particularly interested in medical care, job search, education, and other time-intensive activities. So we provide the first estimates of the dependent care, mass, uh, dependent, dependent care mandate and also subjective well-being. For three years, the American Time Use Survey asked people about how good they felt, what their level of happiness was, uh, contentment, stress, sadness, things like that. So we can directly observe whether getting insurance through your parents makes you better off or worse off. Okay, the data is we use the American Time Use Survey from 2003 to 2013. Now, we could have used it through 2018, but we don't want to use it through 2018 because in 2014, the whole ACA came into effect. And when the whole ACA comes into effect, it affects both the treatment group and the control group. So we don't want to use data after 2013 because everybody's affected by it. So just a little detail, the sample from the American Time Use Survey comes from the consumer, uh, the CPS. Uh, basically, if you've completed eight interviews in the current population survey, then you're eligible to be selected for the American Time Use Survey. So I don't want to get into the details of the current population survey, but very briefly, if you ever call by the current population survey, you are in for a trial because they're going to call you eight times after that. They call you four times, then they leave you alone for eight months, then they call you again for four times. So don't think just the first you know, two-hour interview is the end of it. You have a long process ahead of you. So if you've survived eight interviews, then they call you again to be part of the American Time Use Survey. It follows your activities from 4 a.m. of the previous day to 4 a.m. of the survey day. You're supposed to write down what you do every minute of those days. And people write down a lot of unusual things. And so they have to be categorized under the categories given there. And they try to be tactful, you know, in the categories. So for 2010, 2012, 2013, they also ask how stressed you are, how happy, fulfilled, tired, and how much pain you experienced. So our hypothesis is that you'll feel more fulfilled doing an activity you like to do because you have insurance through your parents than an activity you don't like to do, but you're doing it only to get the insurance. And we limit our sample to 19 to 34-year-olds, which is about 36,000 people. So our key dependent variables, in other words, our outcomes, are working, job search, medical care, waiting for medical care, and other things like exercising, sleeping, shopping, socializing. We also have a dependent variable that's a dummy, that's one if you're working, zero if you're not working. And then our other outcomes are their average happiness, sadness, tiredness, fulfillment, and pain on a diary day, weighted by the duration of the activity. Okay, the method we're gonna use is called difference indifference. And so it's a very popular method in the social sciences. You pick one group, that's the control group. The control, control group is a group that's not affected by the law. 
So in this case, if you're over 26, you're not affected by the law. So for example, one control group would be 27-year-olds. 27-year-olds are not affected by the dependent coverage mandate because they're kicked off their parents' insurance for many, in many states, not all, um, at 26. For the treatment group, we are going to pick a group that is affected by the law but is similar to the control group. So one group might be 25-year-olds. So 25-year-olds are affected by the dependent coverage mandate, but they are similar to the 27-year-olds, which are not affected. Now, in the next graph I'm going to show you, we use 25 versus 27 because we use the American Community Survey, which is an enormous survey. It has 3 million people in it per year. Following that, we use as a control group 27 to 34-year-olds, and we use as a treatment group 19 to 25-year-olds because the American Time Use Survey is a very small survey. It only has about 12,000. So if we only use 25-year-olds, there'd be like 15 people in the sample, which would be too small to get an accurate estimate. So here's my graphical explanation of the difference in difference. So you can see the blue line, if you can see the colors, the blue line is the 27-year-olds. And the blue line is an ideal control group because what happens to the insurance rates of the control group over time? Can anybody see what happens to the line up to 2014? Basically nothing. Nothing happens to the control group over time and that's exactly what you want. You want the control group to be not responding to anything. But look at the treatment group. So up to 2010, the, in, the in rates of insurance among 25-year-olds are actually declining because they're losing their jobs and they're losing insurance through their jobs. But look at what's happened in 2010. As soon as the Affordable Care Act goes into effect, boom, their rates of insurance skyrocket. Can you see that it goes from 2000, it goes from like 66% to like, or maybe higher than 60, 60 yeah, 66 to like maybe 73%, something like that. Huge increase in the rate of insurance. Now, how can we be sure that that's due to the Affordable Care Act? We cannot be perfectly sure. But because the control group did not change at all, we can assume that there are no other factors affecting the control group, so that the only thing affecting the treatment group is the Affordable Care Act. It's not perfect, but it gives an idea that the Affordable Care Act increased the rates of insurance coverage by about five to seven percentage points among the young adults. And I continued the line until about 2018, and you can see that even today, young, young adults, 25-year-olds, are actually more likely to be insured than 27-year-olds. So this effect has not gone away. It's a very persistent effect. So that's basically what I'm going to do in the rest of the paper. Um, there's a control group, which from now on will be 20, 27 to 34-year-olds, and then there'll be a, a treatment group, which is 19 to 25-year-olds. So we're looking for an effect among the treatment group on their behaviors. Okay, so don't worry about the mathematical model. It's just that, in general, to estimate the actual numbers, we can't just use the graph. We have to use regressions and standard errors and all that stuff, which I know you love from your statistics courses. So here are the means of our, our uh, variables, uh, if you can see. So the big differences are in work. If you compare the two, the uh, treatment group is on the left, the control group is on the right. You can see that the control group works more, uh, is more likely to be employed, and, and has more work time. Everything else is pretty similar among the two groups. 
Now, I, again, I would love to use 25 versus 27-year-olds, but the American Time Use Survey is simply too small to use those two groups. There would be too few people in the two groups if I use 25 versus 27-year-olds. It would just be pure noise. So I have to use 27 to 34. So here are the other um, variables. If you look at education, obviously it's much higher among the treatment group. The sleep is, interestingly, higher among the control group. Is anything else really different? And then socializing and relaxing. So if you're in college now, you might as well enjoy it. You're not going to socialize and relax nearly as much after you start working as you do now. So just brace yourself. Um, do I have and uh, do I have exercise? I didn't put exercise, but exercise is also much higher among the uh, the people who are in school and later than among older workers. Okay. So now here is the first graph that I use for our main outcome, which is work. So you can see, roughly speaking, the trend in the treatment group and the control group is very similar prior to the Affordable Care Act. It's trending down, and of course it's trending down, because as you all know, there was something going on during this period, the Great Recession. So if, if there were no unemployment, then there would be very strange recession. So the, the work is trending down very similarly to the two groups. But look what happens after 2010. There's a recovery in work among the control group, but there's actually a continued decline among the treatment group. In other words, and our hypothesis is that because you don't have to work to get insurance, and you can get insurance through your parents, a number of people are deciding not to go work full-time or even part-time but to go to school or to do some other activity, maybe try to start your own business. Um, and that's the reason for the decline in work after 2010. So we attribute this difference. Does everybody see the difference in trend? The trend goes up for the treatment group and goes down for the control group. And we attribute that to the Affordable Care Act dependent coverage mandate. Now we look at the numerical results. So depending on which control group you use, or which um, time period you use, we have about a 20-minute decline in average work, which we attribute to the dependent coverage mandate. Like I said, it may not be the dependent coverage mandate, but that's why we have a, a control group. We assume the treatment and control group follow the same trends, except for the laws that affect one group more than the other. So the group that affects the treatment group more is the dependent coverage mandate. And you can see that that group works about 20 minutes less. And roughly speaking, about there's a five percentage point decline in the proportion who's working. So it's five percentage point decline in the employment to population ratio. There is a slight decline in the amount of work that people work when they're working. And then there's some suggestive evidence that people are using the extra time to go back to school. Because you can see that, or rather, to look for jobs. There's an increase in job search. So that's the key, that people are using their time to work more or look, look for jobs more. Now we look at the medical care. Now we predicted that because you're going to go more to your regular doctor now that you have insurance, you will not go to the emergency room and that will reduce the amount of time you spend in medical care. And so here you can see that's roughly what we find, that if you do get medical care, we expect you to spend about 40 or 50 minutes less obtaining medical care as a result of the dependent coverage mandate. It's actually the result of having insurance. And in general, all the numbers are negative, but they're only really significant. Okay. So then uh, finally, further results. 
education is positive but significant. And then if you notice shopping and socialize. So shopping is a decline as a result of working less. People are shopping less, meaning the income effect has dominated the time effect. And we also see that socializing, relaxing has gone up a great deal. So a pretty significant chunk of the time that people are spending not working as a result of having insurance with their parents, they are hanging out. So is that a bad thing or a good thing? I mean, look, we, you know, we have a very, America is very different from Europe. Uh, in Europe, they would consider that a purely positive effect. Uh, in America, there's maybe some criticism attached to that, some opprobrium. And then we see that here, the one thing that's affected is meaningfulness. And this is ideally what the Affordable Care Act was meant to do allow you to get insurance not through your job so you can do either get a new job or do some activity that's more meaningful to you and that's what we find there's an increase in self-reported meaningfulness so our conclusions are dependent coverage appears to have reduced job lock it's allowed people to switch jobs or take jobs that are part-time uh, reduce the time spent obtaining medical care and it appears to have increased the subjective well-being among young adults so uh, that's my presentation. I'd be happy to take questions when we have time for that, which I don't think we have now, right? Okay, thanks very much. Thank you for listening to the Bagwell Center podcast. For more content like this, please be sure to subscribe. And for more information about the Bagwell Center and its programs, please visit us online at coles.kennesaw.edu econop.